Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Maria Villablanca, who's co-founder and CEO of Future Insights Network. And today we're going to talk about top of mind challenges and opportunities for supply chain logistics executives. So many of you probably follow Maria on LinkedIn or you listen to her Transform Talks top uh, podcast. But if you don't, consider this an introduction today. I met Maria for the first time in person last September at the Transporian Summit uh, Conference in London, and we were the bookends of the conference. I gave the opening keynote presentation, and you know Maria uh, closed out the conference with a uh, a very uh, you know by moderating a very insightful panel discussion and sharing her takeaways from from the event. And you know we've kept in touch you know ever since. And a, a few weeks ago. She invited me on her podcast, and so I decided to turn the tables around on her and invite her on Talking Logistics. So with that, Maria, welcome to the program. Thanks, Adrian. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Great. Well, I don't know if there's a statute of limitations on wishing someone a happy new year. I mean, we are in the beginning of February here, but we haven't talked since uh, the new year. So happy new year. Happy new year to you, too. Felt like January was very long, though. It did. It did. Uh, you know, very long, but then also, you know, at the same time, it's like, gosh, we're already one twelfth of the way through 2023, right? hundred percent. Yeah, totally. So, so, you know, as, as a way to get started, you know, and I, I do this often with folks that uh, come on the program for the first time, I'm always curious about how people got involved into this crazy industry, you know, that, that we're in. So maybe as a way to kick off the conversation, why don't you tell us briefly a little bit about your career path, you know, how and why did you get involved with supply chain logistics, a little bit about um, you know, the, the Future Insights Network and your role there and so forth. Uh, right. Well, you know, I don't know how many people actually grow up as a little kid in elementary school and say, I want to get into supply chain and logistics. Uh, they should, but they don't. I, I wasn't one of them. So like most people, I think I kind of fell into it. So after finishing college, I uh, ended up in Chile in Latin America, working at uh, a joint venture between a California winery and a Chilean winery. And I was in charge of um, that joint venture at a very young age, which gave me a really great experience in uh, procurement, sourcing, transportation, in the manufacturing part of uh, wine, as well as the wine tasting. That was really fun, too. I learned a lot about wine, but I also learned quite a lot about transportation and logistics, a lot about manufacturing, a lot about supply chain. And I had a passion for it. If I go further back, I think uh, my well, also my dad in uh, was in the aviation industry, and one of the uh, airlines that he had as part of a uh, a joint venture that he did was with a cargo business that did cargo uh, aviation uh, moving parts around for the uh, automotive industry. So I got to see that also firsthand. I thought it was fascinating, really cool. Um, and then I ended up moving to the UK, uh, working in publishing, which also had magazines around finance and supply chain and logistics. So it seems like no matter where I turned, there was always supply chain logistics manufacturing in my in my path. And I don't know if that's a sign from above or whatever, but it just I, I was really happy to be into it. And uh, so now I am uh, the co-founder and CEO of a company called Future Insights Network, which is a network of about 130,000 senior supply chain and logistics leaders worldwide. And I created this business with my business partner to sort of help leaders sort through the hype and noise out there in the industry around um, supply chain and logistics digital transformation. That turned into transformation in general, right? That's how I created the podcast. 
which is to talk to senior leaders worldwide about their transformations and the lessons they've learned. Well, you know, great, great career path. I mean, I think the same, same thing with me, you know, I think, and with a lot of the guests, you know, we, we always, you know, could say that we kind of fall into this industry, but if we, you look back, we realize we were actually in supply chain logistics. We just didn't know we were doing it only in, in, in hindsight. And, you know, obviously great background, great experience to lead you to what you're doing now there at, uh, at future insights. Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, the other thing you said that I think caught my attention, which is part of what we're doing here at Talking Logistics, what we do with our we're, with our own research network, is that there's a lot of noise out there. So how, how do we help yes. folks cut through that noise and really um, understand what's real versus what's hype, understand what the challenges are, but even more importantly, how their peers in the industry are addressing those, you know, those challenges and those uh, opportunities? Um so that leads me to my next question. I mean, obviously, as the host of of your podcast, and you, know, you get to speak to a lot of you know supply chain logistics executives. Um, you know, you're over and based in Europe, so you probably speak to more folks on that side of the pond than I than I do. So I'm always curious to see where the common threads are, where where the differences are. So you know, as you talk to these executives, I mean, what's top of mind, you know, for them as we begin, you know, 2023. You know what you know, challenges or opportunities come up the most in your conversations with them? I think, you know, one of the things that uh, we're looking at for 2023 and beyond is is that um, uncertainty is here to stay or complexity is here to stay. We thought we had it complex 10 years ago, right? 20 years ago, but it's about building resilience through that complexity. How do you do that? Now, that's another buzzword, right? Building resilience. What does that actually mean? But it, clearly, it's just to adapt faster to to unforeseen circumstances, to unforeseen uh, crises that are going to be coming. So I think one of the things that they're looking at is trying to ensure that their teams, their processes, their technology are all able to be resilient uh, for what's ahead. I think that's one thing. Uh, the second thing is obviously sustainability, uh, green logistics, green supply chains, and looking at logistics companies in particular, how they're going to face the pressure to use fewer resources um, and, you know, cut transport emissions, things like that. Um, another big thing that I think is the focus, and we talk a lot about it, is the talent gap or the skills shortage. Uh, you know, I made a bit of a joke saying how many elementary kids say that they want to fall into this or go into this uh, this career. But we do have a problem. We have a problem with filling that sort of huge gap that's getting bigger every year. And that is also a focus. Um, we talked about sustainability, but diversity, equity, inclusion, um, that's also a big issue. And I think one of the big issues is, as always, digital transformation, how you digitize your business, but in a way that is not just technology for the sake of technology, but technology to solve a problem. Yeah, you know, I I think I would echo you know many of those those points as well. I mean, your point about resiliency and, and complexity, I think, is um, it, you know is interesting because um, you know it kind of begs the question, um, you know, should part of it be just reduce the complexity, right? So do, do we do we really need you know five hundred SKUs of of uh, breakfast cereals? You know, do we do we need you know you know 15 different scents of, of uh, detergent, you know, so on and so forth. So in some ways, we're, we're kind of victims of, you, you know, there's this mad rush to kind of, you know, uh, uh, diversify the product base, the SKU base and create, 
And by in, in the in the process, we created so much complexity that now we're kind of paying the price for it. I mean, do you see the same? I mean, do, is that is part of resiliency trying to re- reduce the complexity that's out there? Hundred percent, and not just in complexity in the demand side, in the from the consumer side. It's also reducing complexities within organizations. There is still a lot of there are still a lot of processes that are highly complex and require a lot of time, and they don't. They're, they're not necessary, right? So uh, allocating digital uh, resources to try to resolve some of those complex tasks frees up people to try to find solutions to problems. But I, I do hear you. I think from a consumer perspective, if you look at the trends from about, what, 10 years ago, we all started talking about personalization. I want my car to be personalized. I want this my sneaker to be personalized. I want this. I want to feel like I'm the only client that this company has. And this is where we are right now. As a result of that uh, pressure that was created by marketing, e-commerce, et cetera, we now have a really complicated uh, supply chain and logistics function because of because of those things. And we need to, you know, we can't get greener and become more sustainable without some sacrifices. And maybe some of those sacrifices are not having so much choice. Yeah, no, I, I and I agree. I mean, I think you, you know, through periods of time in my 23 plus years, you know, you've heard companies say SKU rationalization is something that we're going to be working on, but there didn't seem to be such a big push. And I think maybe the pandemic certainly uh, more out of uh, necessity than out of choice, uh, you know, forced companies to start looking at their SKU portfolio. But I think the, the, the other point you just made right now, from a sustainability standpoint, I think companies are starting to look at SKU rationalization, which, which brings me to my next question. I mean, I, you know, I follow you on LinkedIn and you're very active on LinkedIn and you really provide a lot of great uh, uh, perspectives on a variety of different topics. And one of the topics that, that I can just tell you're very passionate about is, is you know, sustainability. So how would how would you characterize the, the current state of sustainability in supply chain logistics? And, and how do you see this changing or improving, you know, over the next few years? Well, first of all, I'm glad to see that there's a lot of activity and a lot of talk about it. So that's that's great. A lot of people are talking about it. This was a thing. If you go back 10 years ago, I remember trying to create a an event around sustainability about 10, 15 years ago. And I kid you not, I was like the only person that was interested. No one else was interested. So um, we're talking about it. That's a great plus. Bravo to us. Now comes the hard part. Now comes the hard part of how do we actually um, do things that are of consequence really truly make sustainable changes with and embed them deep within our, our supply chain logistics. And that isn't just down to, like you say, SKU rationalization, which I think is a very big topic that needs to be addressed. Uh, but also things like silos work against us in sustainability. I'll give you an example. You will see people in sourcing uh, being told that they have to go and buy the cheapest product. Great. So they've hit their targets. They've bought the cheapest product. But it so happens that it's in like the furthest region of the world. And then the logistics guys have to come in and try to get it to you as cheaply as possible as well. And they have to go, I don't know, circle the world 20 times to make it happen. So I think we need to break down those silos within organizations. We need management and senior leadership to stand up and really sort of, again, simplify processes and ask the right questions that say, well, do we really need to go to the cheapest product? Maybe if we went a little bit more expensive, we wouldn't be spending so much on logistics. So to me, sustainability, bravo that we're talking about it. I love to see companies doing it, but I really want us to get to the nitty gritty of it, to really get our hands dirty into solving this problem. And you know what? It's not that hard. 
And when I interviewed someone, I said, you know, circularity, we talk about this, like this, this new thing, man, I, my, my dad's 87 years old. Do you know what it's like for, that's the kind of life they lived, what, which was sustainable. You didn't throw things away. You repaired them. You didn't, you know, he, he so these generations that are ones just before us understood that how to operate in this fashion. Why can't we? Yeah, that's a, that, that's a great point. And sometimes it's like, it's, it's almost like, um, if you just took a step back and a- asked some very basic questions, you realize that we do some crazy things in supply chain management. I, I think it was on social media that I saw someone posted. I think it was like a, uh, a package of like, uh, mangoes, you know, diced up mangoes. And it said, you know, mangoes harvested, you know, in, in, in South America and packaged in Asia, you know, so you could just, you know, why is it traveling, you know, halfway around the world, you know, only to then get back, brought back to, you know, to, to, to be sold here, you know, the, the amount of time, money, resources, and obviously from a sustainability standpoint that goes into that. So, so I think even just, you know, if you look at the packaging and you say, why, you know, wait, it's being harvested well, here, packaged over there, and then it come, c- crosses the ocean again to be consumed here. Why doesn't it just stay here to begin with? I mean, <laughs> It's crazy. There's another one that's funny on social media, which is I think it's an orange or a banana wrapped up in another packaging. So uh, it's sort of the, the meme is kind of like, well, didn't nature already give it its own packaging? Why do you actually have to put another package on it? Uh, I hear you. I think I think it all comes down to we need some rationalization in general across business. And, and that's one thing that I believe the pandemic has done for us is perhaps put us on a path to trying to, to try to simplify things, to solve problems. This complexity is going to cause more, is causing more harm. But you know what, whether we like it or not, it's going to be forced upon us. So things like uh, conflicts in Ukraine, things like geopolitical issue, other geopolitical issues, uh, natural disasters, uh, climate issues, regulations, all those things are going to put pressure on us to find new ways to do things. So we're, we're going to be affected by supply-related issues. So we may not have a choice. We may need to look at our sustainability anyway to uh, to deal in this new world. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think a, a good starting point, which you said at the at the very onset of 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 uh, of this segment, is uh, you know the need to you know break down the silos. I mean, we, with something that we've talked about you know before, but um it's only really by taking this collaborative approach not only internally across the the different functions but obviously you know collaboratively across you know suppliers and and customers as well uh to really effectively you know address you know these challenges um i mean beyond sustainability i mean we could probably spend you know i think probably like you said we could probably put together a three-day conference to talk about all the different Mm. trends and challenges and opportunities in this industry but are there other areas where you think the industry is you know falling short or you know where more could be done to drive positive change and and innovation well i think the ones that stand out to me are uh the skills gap the talent gap i think that we need to drive different people into the industry. It's changing so fast with the advent of new technology, AI, machine learning, chat, GPT. Uh, the usual traditional jobs are going to be done by machines. And so we need creative thinkers, critical thinkers into our industry, younger people that might look at the world in a different way, people that want to change uh, the world for the better. So I think the skills gap is a big thing, huge, and not just in terms of hiring, it's retaining people, giving them uh, equity, making them feel included, Etc. So that's one big thing. I think also we don't talk enough about risk uh, within supply chain and logistics. I think it's one of those things 
we kind of talk about it, but how much are we really investing into really understanding what exposure and risk we have within the deep supply chain? So second tier, third tier, and downwards, understanding the risk there. And that also includes cybersecurity risk. We're living in a pretty dangerous world that's getting more dangerous by the second. All you have to do is look at the news and see about balloons and you know flying over the US and what have you. It's a dangerous world. And so I don't know, I did a really interesting podcast with someone who is an expert in cybersecurity. And he said something that stuck with me, which is business leaders think that cybersecurity is the problem of the security person. It's an IT issue. And the reality is that it isn't. It's a business issue. And so we as business leaders, how much of our day do we spend thinking about risk and security? So that's something that I think is important that supply chain leaders and logistics leaders need to understand how risky is their supply chain. The next thing I think is something that we need to look at, which is um, like we talked about breaking down silos, communication, but taking care of our teams and taking care of our own mental well-being. I think that's also an important thing for senior leaders to look at the fact that the world has changed. You don't have to work in the same way. The future of work, everything's changing. And lastly, I would say it's how do we harness the power of technology and uh, really do so to gain more value for everyone around us. And all of those things should be wrapped in the one, one thing, which is what problem am I trying to solve? What problem am I trying to solve for my clients? for my employees, for my shareholders, and for the world as a whole. If you can wrap that all together, then I think, you know, you're on the right path. Yeah, and a lot of great topics there. You know, we, we can probably spend, like I said, you know, another probably two hours unpacking each of those things. I really love the the risk aspect of it because that's an area that I've looked at for, for many, many years. And, and you're right. I mean, I think for a lot of companies, um, risk has always been a reactive type of thing. You know, something happens. Right. You know, they put together like a team to say, okay, let's figure out why it happened, you know, and they they write a report and then they put that report on the shelf and don't look at it again, right? And so instead of embedding risk as part of their corporate DNA, as part of their everyday business processes processes and thinking, it's something that it's like after the fact, they go, they review, they do a, 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 a have a bunch of meetings to figure out what happened and so forth. So, so I think you're right. Thinking differently and acting differently around risk is, is, is critically important. And that it's not just an IT thing, like your, your guest said there, that it's really a business thing. There was a, a news article actually came out of, from Europe, but it's based here in the U.S., uh, the the Lodestar uh, reported last mm -hmm. week that uh, you know a, a leading three PL here that was hit hit by a cyber attack mm -hmm. is now being sued by one of its customers because their business was impacted because they couldn't meet their customer orders because the operations of this three PL was effectively shut down for a number of weeks um, and in fact this customer had to engage with a different three PL to actually get their business up and running again. So so I think uh, I think that just uh, kind of underscores the point that you made yeah. that you know this is not an IT issue. This is a business issue, business continuity right. issue, not only for the company impacted, but for their customers that they're serving as well, particularly if you're a logistics service provider. So, so Maria, we're running short on time, uh, time here. So maybe as a way to you know wrap up, again, based on your conversations with you know, industry leaders and kind of in light of everything we, we, we talked about uh, right now, I mean, what key action should, supply chain logistics leaders take to thrive in 2023 and beyond? I think it just boils down to uh, what problem am I trying to solve? What am I trying to do here? Try to understand uh, or eliminate complexity within the business and uh, essentially break down those silos, better communication. That's really what they should do to thrive in 2023 and beyond. 
Great. Well, Maria, great insights, great advice. Uh, appreciate you making the time to be on the program. Uh, for those of you watching, uh, if you're like I said at the uh, my, at the beginning of the show, if if you're not following Maria on LinkedIn, you can find her there and uh, check her out because she she's an avid poster and shares some great uh, food for thought and advice there. And you know, check out her podcast as well, Transform Talks. Uh, so again, Maria, thank you for making the time to be with us today. Thanks, Adrian. I enjoyed being here. And I want to thank those of you that joined us today in the program. If you got any questions or comments for Maria, feel free to you know, post them on the website. I'm sure she'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.